Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Loners League podcast. This is your host, Wolfman27, and joining me tonight is none other than the current reigning champion, Koi's 302. How are you doing? Um, you know, been better. Um, it's been a long day of work today. It's been a long fantasy season. Um, hasn't gone quite according to plan, but but I'm here now and happy to happy to finally make it on the pod this year. So happy happy to be here. Yeah, I know it's been it's been a tough year for you. You um, your self imposed median rule has really kind of bit you in the butt. Most of your losses are from the median. And uh, because of that, looks like you'll be missing playoffs. So I had to make sure we scheduled you on before it was too late. Because once playoffs go, I'm only going to have the contenders come on. It's 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 rude. You didn't didn't think I could make that last second comeback tonight. You know, I thought the Rams were going to put up sixty. Um, could have could have happened, but as of as of ten ten, it does not appear to be the case. So you were you were smart having me on this week. Well, that could all still change. The game is ongoing. As we talk right now, and uh, let's see, Rams have 27 points. They're almost halfway to 60, but they're going to have to start scoring with your players, including the uh, amazing tight end you just picked up today. Yeah, what what a, what a player he was! Thank God he was uh, he was from Missouri. That was that was helpful. And let's talk about that because everyone's seen your whole strategy this season has been the SEC birthplaces. I want to know. One, what inspired that idea and why you chose to do that? And two, would you ever do that again after how difficult it was to make waiver claims this season because of it? Um, well, let's let's start. Um, I guess why I did that. I don't know. I feel like I've always like kind of wanted to do like a gimmicky sort of draft like that. Um, and, you know, it. I wanted to make it tough, but not too tough to, to kind of, kind of do right. Like I've seen like people do like, Oh, I'm only going to draft people from XYZ state or I'm only, I don't know, but like it, it felt doable. And like when I finished my draft, I thought like, Oh, I actually had a pretty good team having, having only done that. But like, yeah, it was kind of brutal. Like I spent $30 on David Johnson. Cause he was one of like seven people I could pick up all year. So it was really, it was more imposing on the waiver wire, I think, than drafting wise. Would I do it again? Yes, I think so. Um, <laughs> I, I'm already trying to figure out what I'm going to do for next year. Cause I will do something. Cause I don't know. It keeps it interesting. makes it fun. I always end up with the same teams. If I don't, uh, don't do that. I always end up with the same players and it's, it was fun to do that. So I'll, I'll figure something out for next year, but it was. Sure. And you already won the traditional way of not having those self-imposed rules. So now you can uh, try and win in different ways and just see. I'm excited to see what the new strategy is next year. And uh, if it's a little bit more flexible than this one, I mean, we think we all, after the draft, we're all pretty happy with our teams, but um, it's those season moves like mid season, trying to trade, like no one could make trade offers with you because no one even wanted to check who was eligible for your team. And um, I think that was the biggest hindrance to you this season. I, I, I will give I will give Fisher credit. Fisher sent me a lot of trades. I can't really say they were all good trades, but they uh, they were all trades that I could do. They were he really did put that effort in. So I'll give him a shout out there. Um, well, he'll appreciate it because he might also be missing playoffs, which means we could be heading into a playoffs that doesn't include either of our two former champions. So we'll definitely get a brand new champion this year, uh, assuming everything goes as it's going currently 
Uh, he and JDGG are in an ongoing battle for the sixth seed uh, based on whoever has the most points scored on the season. JDGG had a three-point lead over Fisher Sports going into this week. And uh, right now, he's 14 points ahead of Fisher. He still has OBJ playing, and Fisher has Cooper Cup. So anything could happen. If Cooper Cup scores a couple more times, he could end up on top of JDGG. But um, it's going to be kind of tough to overtake him. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting interesting thing to watch this week for sure. Um, I kind of – I felt bad because I, I feel like I should have kind of been, been there. I lost out on, I think – what, 20 points last week by uh, starting Daryl Henderson instead of Sony. And to, to, to give everyone context there, that was, that was kind of a bad, bad decision. Like it seemed like Daryl just wasn't, wasn't in a good spot, but I had the flu all last week. So I just was not checking anything. And I was like, yeah, well, it looks like he, he, he was projected points. I didn't even check in. So that those 20 points could have put me in the hunt for this week, but alas, it seems like, Seems like JDGG is gonna gonna pull this one out unless unless Cooper Cup has a has a hell of a second half. Man, <clears throat> our entire league has been sick for this past month. Uh, Jambrosa was on two episodes ago. He had food poisoning. He was just getting over. Then me and my wife both had a stomach bug, like puking and you know all the the pretty stuff. And now then Sibley was on the podcast and he had a cough that's been bothering him for like three months. And now you're here with the flu last week. I, I think you might be cursed. It sounds like it's only the podcast guests. Um, it's, it's, it could be a you thing. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm infecting you through the airwaves. But um, going back to your start-sit decision, I had the same thing in a couple leagues. I mean, I assumed since Henderson was active, I'm like, I guess I should play him over Sony. I didn't know they were literally – I guess I, I missed the excerpt if they said they were only going to use him in emergency, in which case I definitely would have made the switch. But um, – yeah, that was pretty brutal to see him be active and then Sony gets all of the work. Yeah, like 20, 20 points for Sony. Like, obviously, that's that's a pretty good week. And it's just like, shit, that could have could easily could have could have been that. But I, you know, I you said many times because I keep trying to get you to join the like one of the leagues I commissioner, like I'm in too many leagues. And like that kind of started to started to hit me here where like I had probably 12 leagues to check like last Sunday and me with a flu laying in bed was just not willing to put effort in all 12 leagues. So, you know, cut a couple out of those and maybe, maybe I would have noticed that. So I feel you on that. Oh, it's, it's totally, that's been a huge burden on me all season this year. It's been really hard. I'm happy that playoffs are here so I can at least whittle out a couple of leagues where I was less lucky than others and just focus on the playoff teams. And some of the ones that made playoffs are worse than the teams that missed playoffs. So they probably won't be along around for too long either and um, go from there. Then the off season, I'm just going to have to make the hard cuts on what leagues I keep and which ones I uh, cut out. Yeah. So, it, it's tough though. Cause it's like all the leagues. I'm, well, I would say there's like two leagues I'm in that I would like cut, but they're both dynasty leagues. So I like kind of feel bad. Um, but like everyone else, I'm like, I know the people and like, like them or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I can't, can't cut them. So I guess I'm just, I'm stuck in, stuck with too many that's that's the problem for me i like i have to make some really tough choices because especially the family leagues and the thing is it's you could go in with the mindset like i'm just not going to care about this league but i can't do that if i'm in the league i have to do like the full everything like make sure i'm doing my best lineup best waiver claims etc like i can't just ignore a league if it's there 
So that's part of my problem. And then having multiple family leagues, that's already like boosted my number to whatever that's at. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Too many leagues, man. It's it's an addiction. It's a, it's a tough it, one. It truly is, but luckily it's only for a portion of the year except for those dynasty leagues. But um, yeah, no. going thank, back to you. to the, uh, the playoff race for one last thing here because uh, this sixth seed rule and the meeting rules were both proposed by yourself. And uh, Fisher's been talking a lot of crap this week about that sixth seed rule. He's pretty salty that JDGG has this shot to overtake him. Um, given his win record, but I want to know what your thoughts were on it, being that you were the one that proposed the rule, and I want you to have the chance on the podcast to rebuttal Fisher. I mean, it's pretty easy. Score more points. Like, I don't know. It's if I mean, if you like look at it from like a from like a realistic perspective, right? Like, whose team was better? Like, who scored more points? It would be JDGG. So, like, Fisher, I guess, was fortunate to have either scored less points in weeks where the median was lower, like played teams where like they scored less. Like, I don't, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I like both having the median and the six point rule because it kind of evens it out. Where like you get the, the median helps like kind of even out the schedule a little bit, as you can kind of see, like a lot of teams are kind of bunched up in the 14 and 12, like 11, 15, like it's hard to be really bad or really, really good just based on like a, having a tough schedule, but then also like you have someone like JDGG who kind of fell through the cracks a little bit, has more points than I guess two teams ahead of him. And like, it kind of would be unfortunate if he missed the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I like both of them. I've, I, I have that rule in a couple leagues that I commission people, people seem to like it. Cause like, even with the median rule, you can still kind of fall down the wayside if you play a tough schedule or things like that. So and I didn't benefit from that because I would be in the playoffs without the median role. So it's. <clears throat> yeah. Stuff. The uh, uh, Diego did some research for us. He went through um, at least prior to this week. So through the first 13 weeks, he went through and saw what everyone's records would be if the median wasn't included. And you and J Mark would have been the two affected with a huge swing where uh, you had all the median losses and J Mark was just getting super unlucky in like all of his head to heads. He's one of the highest scoring teams on the league, but it was losing like every head to head. So he might've been on the brink of missing out on playoffs if it weren't for the median rule. Yeah. And I, and I see why it kind of seems to do the same thing, right? We're like, I guess it is kind of double counting a little bit, but I, I do think that with having both of them, you do get the six best teams in the playoffs. Um, and it like, you know, kind of tough if I guess two high scoring teams are still low without the medium, but that's so unlikely. So I still yeah. like it. It feels like it might get voted down, but I like it. And I, I will vote to keep it. Going I like it overall. I've been mostly, I've been trying to just feel out what the medians like. This is the first time I ever had one. So I've never really been sure, but now that we're at the end of the regular oh, season, oh. I think I just like it overall, how it's all worked out. Mostly the standings were relatively close to the same outside of the two teams mentioned, but I don't mind changes like that. Like even if I was the one in your position where if the median wasn't there, I'd make playoffs. I mean, my team wasn't that good if I wasn't beating the median every week. So I would understand. And uh, the sixth seed is just kind of wild how close JDGG and Fisher were. Like that's not going to happen every season either where JDGG was three points within the same amount of points scored and three points within the amount of points scored against them, they pretty much had like the same teams 
point total wise. So it really, and then it comes down to this week. It's like just score more than him this week. And um, JDGG came out on fire this week. He just, he currently has the highest score in the league for the week. Yeah, no, he's, he obviously came out and scored how he needed to, to, to go on. But like, yeah, as you were saying, like, I'm looking at like another league that I have like, like the same two rules or whatever. And it's like, yeah, coming into this week, both spots were locked up. We're like, I was a six seed and had, I guess, like a hundred more points scored than anyone below me. So it was like, yeah, it, it's not always going to be this close. And like, but I, I think it's cool though. Cause like, it really did come down to tonight versus like, without that rule, we would have like already, I guess, known who the, who the six seed was or whatever. So I think it was cool. So I, I still like it. Yeah. Even though I wasn't, involved maybe my feelings would be different if i was one of the ones affected but it was super exciting at least for me to follow and uh it seemed to be like a really nice surprise for jdgg too when he realized he had a chance and he got to do it with his seahawks players that fisher traded to him and he got to watch them live because jdgg actually went to his first nfl game and saw the seahawks play the texans and he got to watch it all unfold right in front of him so i'm happy for him on that and uh if I run in, into him in the playoffs, though, I'll try and get rid of him as soon as possible. Yeah, well, you got to be happy for the guy. That, that is a cool moment seeing the Seahawks game and obviously obviously the fantasy team doing well as well. So I'll, I'll be rooting for JGG in the playoffs. He seems like a good good feel-good story, having not known he was, he was going to make it. Which seems like the first matchup then, he'd be the sixth seed. Uh, no Sleep is going to have a double loss this week, so he's going to miss out on the bye week and he would have the third seed. So it'd be JDGG versus No Sleep tonight. And I'm actually going to have a rematch against J-Mart again next week uh, as the four and five seed. Um, do you have any predictions for either of those matchups before even looking at oh, them? Without, without even looking at them, I will say um, a little upset that No Sleep is falling out of the top, top seed. He, uh, I was going through my power rankings and as a slight spoiler, I was comparing how I ranked teams at the beginning of the year to, uh, to now and like where they were in the standings coming into this week. And I was pleased that no sleep was in first because I had him as my dark horse coming into the year. Um, so a little, little disappointed to, to hear that, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with no sleep. Uh, he was my dark horse. Got to, got to ride him out. And then what, who'd you say the other matchup was there? The other matchup will be myself versus J-Mart. Gotcha. So I feel like the story of me this year has been completely underrating J-Mart and maybe overrating you. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit and say that J-Mart's going to blow the water out of you next week. And it's going to, it's going to be a tough one for you, but you'll have at least made the playoffs. So it's... Hey, And that's something I didn't do last year. So, I mean, I'll at least have that to hang my hat on, I suppose. But um, I'm fine with it whenever anyone says anything good about my team, they usually do terrible. So um, I'm glad that that's a genuine prediction by you. And I hope that it means well for my team. And if not, at least you were right. Yeah. But... I mean, it's, it's no fun when the commissioner wins the league. I feel like that's like a little <laughs> too, like, well, too much, like boosting your coattails a little bit. Like, so it, it's too easy to root against you. So. Oh, come on. But I, I gave you guys a two year buffer. I mean, surely I can win year three or on cut me some yeah stuff. but we, we had fisher win year one we had me win year two like i, fe I feel like we need like a feel-good story to like kind of win year three like i can't imagine anyone saw fisher rise a feel-good story winning at all so, like, yeah you guys are kind of like the villains winning 
<laughs> exactly. So like a nice JDGG winning or like no sleep who has, I guess, been underrated all year. You know, so- someone else. You, you can have your five. I'll give you your five. Or even a phone at or, or an Adam Jeffrey. I, I guess everyone is a feel good story except for myself. Isn't that that I guess that's the case. <laughs> that is correct. Yes, exactly. I, I think we will all be very happy uh, when when you get put in the losers bracket after next week. All right. Well, speaking of losers, um, you and I both actually, I think we're tied for the most worst manager titles this season. We've had an absurd amount. Is this our four times you've had to do it four I think times? This is number four. Yeah. I think yeah. that's number four. So we'll see. Um, and this was due to your decision you talked about earlier. This was all because you actually had a great week last week, but just because you had Daryl Henderson in over Sony Michelle caused you to be worst manager of the week for the fourth time. And uh, we're going to have you present your fourth power rankings of the season live here on the podcast. So when you're ready, you may do so. Rankings. Uh, thank you. Um, I would like to preface this by saying, um, you know, some might view this as me being a terrible manager and having to do four of these this year. Some people might say that, you know, they may have some validity to that statement. I would like to argue that I have so much depth on my bench that, you know, it's just, it's tough to know who's, who's going to go, go off every week. So um, I think this is a testament to how strong I built my team and it's not reflected in my final position in the standings, but you know, it is what it is. So uh, without further ado, I will go into the power rankings here. So since I have, I guess this is number four that I'm doing, it's kind of run out of ideas. I feel like I've talked about people's teams like a lot. And since this is the last week of the season, I decided I would just go back to kind of how I ranked the teams at the beginning of the year and power rank them from least accurate. So the 12th team is who I think I got the least accurate to the most accurate, which is number one. Um, So Again, feel free to stop me at any point in these power rankings if you have any comments um, or you want to you want to talk about anything I say. But um, without further ado, let's go. So 12th, so my least accurate, I think, was Fisher. And I feel like a lot of us were pretty similar here. Like I, everyone ranked Fisher number one in the preseason. I know I did. I feel like most people did. Yeah, it was pretty really unanimous. <laughs> yeah, it, this team was pretty good. Um, and... I said he was a lock for the playoffs. Like that's what I put for that prompt. Anyway, um, clearly that was a bit off given he is now in six and needs a lot of help to even make the playoffs. Doesn't look, doesn't look great for him. It's been a mixture of kind of getting crushed by injuries, ill-timed trades. Like really there's a lot of those trades, just poor timing, which tough one and having very little depth has just kind of done him in. So, you know, thought he was great to start the year. I was very wrong. That was my least accurate prediction. Um, it's coming in at 11 is J-Mart. And I actually ranked J-Mart 11 in the preseason. And I kind of am unsure why. I was looking at his draft and like, I I think I did the preseason rankings kind of quickly. Um, So I may not have put like a ton of time into it, but I guess I just didn't love Pitts in the fourth, but like his other five picks, I feel like I loved. Uh, Chubb, Montgomery, Godwin, Lamb were his other like four picks in the first five rounds. And I feel like those are guys I would have been high on. Outside of that, he hit on Fortnite in the eighth, Waddle in the ninth, and I guess I wasn't super high on those guys coming into the year, but he's had a hell of a year. Well done to him. He clearly is a superior drafter than I am, so I was very wrong about him. 
I know you were super <laughs> off on uh, Waddle for a while because I know you mentioned specifically in one of your rankings that I had to read through um, that Waddle sucks, but he's been pretty good these at least towards the end of the season. And uh, yeah, J Mart's team is, I'm scared to have to face them again another week in a row. He's not going to flex in an inactive Zach Moss next week. <laughs> Dude, they, before we go back in the power, Zach Moss is such a weird player. Like, it's like he's inactive one week and then plays the next and gets, like, decent amount of carries and is inactive again. I, like, I just don't get it. I don't get I, it either. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what the mindset is there. I'm like, it, just choose, like, stop messing with the guy. Let him know if he has a job or not. <laughs> Then they put Matt Breda in over him too. It's like has Matt, has Matt Breda like ever been all that great? Like he's just another like receiver. I don't know. It's it's yeah. a weird spot there. So I, yeah, I don't know. But I, I imagine he will not be starting Zach Moss next week. Um, so progressing to number ten is yourself. Um, I ranked you ten in the preseason, which is kind of shocking to me because I feel like I always like your teams. Um, and again, I think I was pretty wrong. I kind of I see why I didn't like it to to draft like I wasn't super high on Chris Carson and Saquon as your first two picks and I'd like to say I was right about both of those. Um, I also didn't love Galladay as a fourth rounder. Also right. I'm, I'm a smart guy. But as it turns out, when you trade in the middle of the season, which I did not do, you can kind of turn a team around. So flipping like Galladay and Barkley for Hines, McLaurin, Gaskin was good. Then flipping. Collins, Hunt, and Carson for Dalvin Cook was also nice. And then you draft Elijah Moore, who I didn't love, but has been a great piece this year. And then you flipped him, I guess, for Devontae Adams. And actually a trade I did not like for you. But overall, I was pretty wrong about your team. I think I was right about your draft, but you clearly managed well during the regular season. So so well done. Um, yeah, I mean, I got to agree with you. Like, you reading off those first draft picks, and that's atrocious. <laughs> I'm so lucky I made those trades when I did. So – Fisher's timing was all bad. My timing apparently was mostly good. Yeah. I, I was like looking through that. I'm like, shit, his draft was terrible. Like, it yeah, that's, good. that's really bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on um, to myself, um, ranked it not. Uh, I ranked myself second to start the year. Right. You know, got to have some optimism. Right. Nah, I was wrong. Oh, how wrong I was. Um, I thought AJ Brown and Julio would be kind of cool to have. Um, you know, I thought Tannehill would kind of continue to do what Tannehill has done. I was wrong about that. Aaron Jones, it's been fine, but like, eh, like not really what I was expecting. Um, you know, Damian Harris, T Higgins have been good and kind of what I was expecting, but like, I've never start the right people every week, which is why this is my fourth time doing power ranking. So combination of kind of poor drafting, not being able to make roster decisions during the year and operator error on my part has been definitely my team's downfall. And yeah, like all those wrong. guys you listed can either blow up on a week or would just do nothing on a week. So that that's just the perfect recipe for worst manager titles. It, yep, exactly. It, exactly. Couple that with like Sony randomly going off on the bench and then like, yeah, it's, it's just a lot, lot going on there. Um, and going to eight, I, so to start the year, I ranked Jim Brissa fourth, which, again, in hindsight, not really sure why. Um, I think I was pretty high on Antonio Gibson and his wide receivers, at Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Mari Cooper. And I was really high on Hawkinson. And I kind of figured he could figure out that second running back spot. Um, but in an all-important week 14, 
which I guess was not that important to him. He scored less than 50 points this year, which is honestly kind of impressive fielding the legal lineup with this many players. Because right? we have a couple flexes, like three receivers. Like That's impressive. You know, so, he's been able to do that multiple times, uh, actually. Jim, oh, actually, no, this is his first time under 50. My bad. This is uh, actually the third worst score in league history. Congrats, Jambrosa. Yeah, nope, I'm I'm not surprised. Um, I think the downfall of this team really came in two trades. He got – he traded – this is a tough one. He gave up Amari <laughs> Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, and Henry Ruggs for Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, and Calvin Ridley. It's a tough one in hindsight. It, um, yeah. I know it, Hopkins has been hurt, but, like, damn, dude. And then – also gave up uh, Tom Brady and Jonathan Taylor for Lamar, Chase Edmonds, and Josh Jacobs. All right, now that one was actually reversed because it was J.J. Taylor and not Jonathan Taylor. So it was originally oh. accepted by Adam Jeffrey because he thought that's what it was, which makes sense. And uh, once he realized it, Jambrosa agreed to reverse the trade. That makes a lot of sense. Um, we'll scratch that from the record. Um, I probably should have caught that, but I didn't. So Neither did um, Adam Jeffrey. Gotcha. Yeah, no, good guy there. Um, speaking of the speaking of the man himself, we're now kind of starting to get the teams I was at least semi-accurate on. Um, so I ranked Adam Jeffrey number two in the preseason. And wait, did I? No, I did not. I ranked Adam Jeffrey number five in the preseason. Sorry. Yeah, I ranked him number five in the preseason. He was two heading into this week. And I think like kind of a common theme of this year is me underrating J. Martin and Adam Jeffrey. I think like in all my power rankings, I kind of probably shat on their teams a little bit, especially earlier in the year. Um, I really didn't like this guy's draft. And frankly, I like in hindsight, knowing what I thought about his draft, I'm kind of surprised I had him at fifth um, to start the year. But I was low on Jacobson Edmonds. I thought his receivers were okay, but like not enough to make up for how bad I thought Josh Jacobs and Chase Edmonds were. But goddamn, I was wrong. Cooper Cup and Debo have been incredible. If trades have been kind of hit or miss, like Lenning Barkley wasn't great. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's managed the team well. The team's good. Kind of funny. He's now traded. Well, I guess maybe one of those trades got reversed, but he's, I think, traded Tom Brady for Lamar Jackson twice, which is kind of funny. And those one of those was the uh, JJ Taylor. I think one of those was the JJ Taylor. Right. Taylor yeah. He traded him and like they canceled that out and they figured out a new deal, which worked out because he moved on from Lamar Jackson, who's been bad recently to Brady and much to both of our chagrin. Hey, he's been great for fantasy again. And his schedule is just the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. Not to, not to get too sidetracked here, but speaking of Lamar, I got in a pretty, pretty heated debate with a buddy yesterday debating where we think Lamar is quarterback wise in the NFL. Like how many other quarterbacks do you'd rather have starting over him right now? I said, I'd rather have 19 quarterbacks starting for my team this season than like a healthy Lamar Jackson. So hot take on there, but yeah, I don't think I'd have that many. It's tough because he's just such a completely different type of offense. So he actually wouldn't really fit on some teams like where he's not really an option. I don't know. I, I'm not ready to say 19. I think he's still he can't throw be. the ball. Like <laughs> I don't know. He can't throw. He was the ball. able to somewhat earlier this season. He's got a lot of injuries on that team too. And well, the guy can't be healthy either. Literally, like always sick. We talk about how we're sick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What the hell, dude? Lamar needs to like take some those like vitamin gummies or some shit and boost that immune system. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, it's 19. Okay, you'll have to prepare a list of all 19. Um, 
Beforehand. I will I will send you I will send you the list of 19 because I literally went division by division and some of them were I was laughed at but I, I think I can stand I, I think I can defend it but anyway um, I digress going to number six um, so I ranked Jam Pincus eighth in the preseason so like not far off from where he is in the standings but like looking back on that preseason draft like I don't know I feel like maybe I should have ranked him a little lower it kind of reminded me of your draft a little bit. Like he, he drafted Jonathan Taylor, Mark Andrews, both of which are great. Um, but those were kind of the only picks before like his keeper, Justin Jefferson in the 10th that really hit. So it was kind of just always going to be an uphill battle for him, you know, flipping Jay or Justin Jefferson, right? Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Justin yeah. Jefferson for AJ Brown didn't really help the cause. AJ has been hurt a lot and just kind of not great this year. Um, so that didn't help. And then giving up Jonathan Taylor for Camara right before Camara got hurt was also a tough one. So tough for Jam Pinkus. Wasn't super high on him to start the year. And so that's why he's ranked, I guess, sixth in these. But like not a great year for him. Probably one to write off and get ready for next year. But he made the finals last year. Yeah, so it's the Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, exactly. We we wanted Jam Pinkus and I, we talked before the year. We're like, yeah, we'll give everyone else a chance. We had our fun. So, right. Um, we'll be back for the next even numbered season. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll have a slightly looser draft strategy next year. We'll, we'll get from there. Um, but number five was JDGG. So I ranked him ninth in the preseason. And at the start of this week, he was in eighth. But it looks like he's going to sneak in the playoffs. So I was kind of like wrong about that because he's had an unlucky year. Um, I think we're sorry where, where I ranked him in the preseason – he had already lost Etienne, I'm pretty sure, and I was pretty down on his draft picks of Zeke, Odell, and Michael Pittman. And I kind of went one out of three on those. Odell sucked, but Zeke and Pittman have been pretty solid, I would say. And flipping Metcalf and Carter for Cooper Cup and Miles Gaskin was a great trade. Cooper Cup's been incredible. So, um, and did he get Metcalf back? Does he still Metcalf? He uh, he ended up fl- sending Cup to Fisher when he got Lockett and Wilson back. So he doesn't have Metcalf. Uh, Adam Jeffrey still has him, but uh, JDGG has the other Seahawks. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Wait, did I get that trade backwards? Did he trade? Did he trade Cup and Gaskin for Metcalf and Carter? Uh, no, he yes. has he has Cup. Yeah. No. So yeah, no, <laughs> there's been so many that have moved. Yeah, he JDGG had Cup for the majority of the season. He traded away DK to Adam Jeffrey right at the start and uh, rode with Cup for a while. Then right before the trade deadline, sent him over to Fisher. That's right. Okay. Yep. No, that that makes sense. Okay. Well, this should show you. I was uh, I, I was pulling these together after I sent off some stuff for work between getting comments on that and going to my soccer game. So it's, it, it, this was thrown together semi hastily. So if I get any of these details wrong, you feel free to roast me in the, yeah, we're going to hold you accountable and you'll have to do power rankings for next week as well. Uh, It feels I'm so used to them at this point. I I basically have a template. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, (laughs) it's great. Um, So number four, so we're starting to get to the teams that I was pretty accurate on, I think. So I ranked no sleep six to start the year. And I guess I was a bit off standings wise. He was first heading into this week. looks like he'll be third heading into the playoffs, but I said, he was my biggest star course to make a run this year. So I'm taking some credit for this. You know, I was high on him, I guess. 
And, you know, credit to no sleep. He's dealt with injuries. Like, I don't know. A lot of people, you know, said they've dealt with injuries this year. He hasn't really complained too, too much. But, like, losing Wood, Swaller, and Mostert has been tough. Swift's been hurt, a little banged up. Traded for Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is my favorite player in all of fantasy. And that's awesome. Good for no sleep. He's been uh, awesome. I, he I just need to like selfishly brag how he was available in the loners dynasty league. And I got him off of waivers and I have loved the guy. It's I, I, that might be the only dynasty league. I don't own Hunter Redfro in because I, every other league, I, I must not have seen he was available because I just, I own him everywhere. It's awesome. He's, he's a PPR monster. He's, he's incredible. Um, and then, yeah, I guess other solid roster construction. He drafted Mixon, Swift, Diggs, Hollywood Brown. Those are all solid. Bravo. Yeah, it's been a good year for him. Dealt with injuries. Powered through. That's how you're supposed to do it. Tip my cap to him. Um, number three was uh, Fonette. So he's third in these power rankings, if least to most accurate. I ranked him third in the preseason. And he is, what, fourth heading into this week? So fourth as of like before week 14. Um, yeah, he's one of the easier teams to rank, I feel like. You, know, you just kind of put him in the top six every year and figure it'll be accurate. Like, yeah, it's, he's probably going to have a good team. Um, this year was no exception. Love Najee, Kamara. Um, it's been as good as I would have expected. Flipping Kamara for Jonathan Taylor, perfect time, was a classic Fonette move and good for him. I kind of surprised because I like looked at his draft and I feel like I ranked him fourth because I didn't love the Juju Antonio Brown, Brandon IU combo. That was kind of his starting receivers and they weren't good, but I guess he was able to trade for Tyree kill and kind of piecemeal things together and to make the team good. So again, credit to him there. Good. Yeah. It's really the first season he's ever dabbled in trades. And I think they all greatly benefited him this season. Yep. No, it was, yeah, it's, it was just a good year for him. His draft was like, he, he did exactly what you need, right? You hit on your first two round picks. And then after that, you kind of either hit on some people or make some trades, make some pickups. And that's what he did. So it's been a, been a good year for him. Um, so number two, feel bad about this one. I ranked Aaron 11 in the preseason and Unfortunately, there's not a ton to say here. It's he was, I think, well, 12th this week. Thought it was bad coming in. Um, and it was bad this year. I was pretty out on his receivers, I think, um, to, to start the year. That was a big thing. It was Allen Robinson, Jamar Chase, Cole Beasley, and Nelson Aguilar. And you know, credit credit to I I mean he took Chase in the fourth, which is early, but it is a keeper, so like that's that's nice. And Chase has been kind of hit or miss this year, bad drops, but also some like monster games like this week. So he's obviously been good. Um, didn't love his Ronald Jones pick that turned out poorly. Um, uh, feel like we all kind of saw that that one coming. But, I mean, he he had like a solid core of Dalvin Cook, Josh Allen, and Jamar Chase, but like other than that, it was just not really much there. Um, but I will give him some credit because. I'm, I'm a nice person, and he did, I think, win two out of the three trades he made this year. He traded Hines for James Conner with Fisher, another poorly timed trade for Fisher. Tough one. And then he uh, got Ruggs and Claypool for Allen Robinson, which another good trade for, for him. So, you know, two for three on the trades, ended the year strong, had a good week this week. So small positive things, momentum building into next year, I guess. Yeah. And Jamar Chase will be a good keeper. So, yeah. yeah, he had a great week to close it out on. Uh, he's currently – actually, I'm looking at the scores right now. He's the third highest on the week. 
Um, this JDGG and Fisher matchup is heating up. Uh, Fisher is seven points behind JDGG right now. Uh, Cooper Cups made it up to 24.8 points. So if, uh, if he gets like 10 more and like at least outscores OBJ by 10 more, which still asking a lot for like just a fourth quarter, he could end up uh, getting that six seed. We'll see. Damn. What's the uh, – wait, so how much time's left? Uh, eight minutes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they still kind of have to keep throwing. They're only up seven. Interesting. Nice. That's that's spicy. Well, if Fisher makes the playoffs, I, that's that's good for him. Bad for the league, but good good for him. Um, and then I will say number one in my power rankings that I was most accurate. I ranked Sibley seventh in the preseason, and he was seventh this week. Um, I because I'm smart, I'm a genius. I was obviously able to predict the million injuries that he had this year and everything that happened. Nothing more to say. That's exactly how I envisioned his season going at, going on and being seventh as of week uh, week fourteen. So. So he has you to thank for it. Yep. Sorry, Sibley. But you are 14 and 12. You're above 500 before this week. (laughs) This week was the perfect cherry on top to his season. He rode this crazy hot eight game win streak into the final week and then just lays an egg. Poor guy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. But like looking at his, looking at his team, it's just like, dude, it's just, it's just been a brutal year. Like I, <laughs> like when you're, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Like he was starting MVS, Rondale Moore, like just a lot of guys that like you're maybe fine starting one of them, but not all of them. Also James Robinson, just playing 60% of snaps and getting six carries for four yards. Oh man. What about his week this week? Yeah. The six carries for four yards. That was right after Sibley. And I just talked about James Robinson and we're like, he hasn't been that bad this year actually. And then he does that. He plays 60% of snaps. How do you get six carries for four yards? Like what the hell? But don't worry. It's, it's not urban Meyer's fault. He's told us it's everyone else's fault. He's, he's the only one that's winning. Yeah. It's, it's, Never, never Urban's fault. I saw a stat. It was like, I think Urban's lost more this year than he did in like 10 years at Ohio State in Florida or something. I'm just like, yeah, well, not too easy, Urban. Tough one. That's one of the most, uh, the biggest disaster hires I've seen in some time. I'm like, I'm sure there's others that rank up there with him, but uh, it's been just, he's hit like every marker this season. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough look when you're hitting on college girls in a bar where your wife's picture is up. That's uh, it's not a great look. It's a tough one to be urban after an away loss. And he sends the team back home by themselves. He stays back to do yeah. that. And don't forget, he yeah. tried to hire like an openly racist coach when he first got hired until people told him, no, don't do that. Did he do? I did not even know. That. <laughs> yeah. I don't that. remember the guy's name, but it was definitely floating around. He was going to hire some guy that had like had passed like, things with other players like people complaining about him and everyone's like no you really shouldn't hire this guy he goes oh okay and now he's been putting the blame on literally all the assistant coaches shocker that the guy who coached florida when like aaron hernandez and a bunch of like other people did horrible heinous things there decides to be like that the nfl i'm i'm shocked that's that's all i'll say who could have thought yeah all right. Well, that closes out your power rankings then. And uh, we'll check back 
on the status of Fisher and JDGG in a few moments, but I wanted to first cover our recurring segment we've had going for a few weeks now where we have been uh, one player at a time drafting a Greek mythology fantasy team where each guest has drafted a player for a different position. Uh, We had Athena at quarterback at our first pick, then Hermes as our running back, Heracles as our tight end, and last week, Sibley drafted our first defensive player, a defensive back in Hades. So that means every other Greek mythological mythological, um, creature or god or person or whatever is still left on the board at pick number five. And um, I want to know who you're going to pick and for what position and why. Um, so I'm going with Ares on the defensive line. And, you know, I guess, I guess we're drafting a, you know, you need, you need someone mean on the defensive line, you know, on, on Ares' Wikipedia page, they, you know, it says he personifies sheer brutality and bloodlust. That's kind of what I want on my defensive line. I want someone who's going to stop at absolutely fucking nothing to, uh, to get to the quarterback. You know, he's, he was known for kind of just being a, a savage and, you know, God of war. Right. So I think that's what I want on my defensive line. You know, you're, on the defensive line, that's kind of being in the trenches of a war. You gotta, gotta win your battles. And I think Aries, Aries will do that. Um, and if not, he has a flaming torch. He can just kind of, kind of throw at the quarterback. And I think that would be, that would be, you know, you get hit by a flaming torch. You're probably going down. You're probably fumbling the ball. So it's- yeah, definitely a good weapon to have in your arsenal. And uh, I like this brings a lot of balance to our team because we have the goddess of war on offense and the God of war on defense. So we're prepared for all battles. Yeah, we're, we're winning our battles. That's, that's for sure. All right, perfect. Well, there's our fifth player. And uh, we'll see if anyone ever drafts a wide receiver. I'm actually surprised wide receiver still hasn't been drafted yet. So I'm curious to see who our full, first one will be. But I'm glad we are building a defense because uh, defense wins championships, or so they tell me. I don't know. This is the first year the Packers have ever had one. So we'll see if that rings true. Yeah, well, that that is what they say. I will, I will say that uh, in one of my leagues, I have I think the tenth, like I'm tenth in points, and in second place because defense wins championships. I win every week because I give up eighty points. It's it's like being the ninety or eighty five Bears. It's it's a good place to be. If only there was a way to actually play defense in fantasy to try and prevent those super unlucky weeks, but I guess that's what we have the median for. It, that plays yeah, defense for us. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There's your plug for the median right there. Stop letting me, who has 10th in points, be in second place and with a bye week. There yeah, you go. trying to do whatever we can to have less things to vote on in the offseason. Um, yeah, it's going to be such a hassle to put that survey together, but we'll I'm, do it. I'm re-putting together my playoff proposal for the offseason, even though I know it's going to be shot down. So, so get ready for that one. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I don't mind that being, I need to refresh on what it was, but I I'll wait until I see it come through. But um, I was open to it. I was more of like, let's get a feel for this. And uh, everyone was like, it's too much change at once. We'll do the median. We'll do the six seed. And we'll think about this later. I was happy. We got the median and six seed. I was, I thought the playoff was going to be a long shot, but I was happy. We got the median and six seed. I'll push the playoff again. We may lose the median and, or the six seed, but I had one year of happiness. So it's, it's fine. And one year of happiness. And it wasn't even the year you won at all, but I'm glad we could do it for you. 
And um, do you have any just last parting words before we don't hear from you ever again for the rest of the season with the exception of chat? That was, that was pretty dark and ominous. Like I'm kind of, <laughs> kind of worried that like, I'm going to hear a knock on my door and just like some, something bad's going to happen. Um, but no, happy, happy to have been on. Sorry for not having gone on earlier. I feel like it's been a, been a crazy year for me, but I'm um, happy to be on. Wish, wish everyone well in the holiday season. Now this is a busy time for everyone. Um, and stay tuned for what I do next year. Cause it won't, it certainly won't be doing a normal draft. So stay, stay tuned for, for what I do next year. But uh, it's been a fun year. I enjoyed doing the sec birthplace thingies. Um, honestly, if I had to be completely honest, I'm fucking impressed with myself that I never once accidentally picked someone up who wasn't born from an sec state. Like it, the amount of times where I like would put in a waiver claim and I'm like, you know what? I really want this guy. Like I'm putting in a waiver claim and I'm like, shit, I can't do it. So props to me for never messing up. That's, that's what I'll sign yeah. off with. And uh, also the perfect bookend in getting your backup tight end of who I already forgot his name, who has actually gotten fantasy points for you this week for the record. Um, but him yeah. being an SEC birthplace player was just the perfect ending to your season. If you can't make playoffs, that's a win in itself. It is. It is. So I'll, I'll go to sleep with a smile on my face. That's that's for sure. All right. And then we'll stay tuned to see who has a smile on their face at the end of this game. It's still looking to be uh, JDGG's to lose, but um, I'm going to tune into the end of the game and see how that plays out. And maybe it's a different result by the time people listen to this. Yeah, no, that would be cool. And yeah, good luck to everyone in the playoffs. And thank you. Thank you for having me on. Anytime, man. You have a good night. Yep, you as well. See ya. (laughs)